This is Aesthetically Trained, the podcast. Pushing you to year-on-year progression. With your host, Ross McKinley. Part two. In this episode, we are going to learn about emotional intelligence, goal setting, purpose, going big, and how Rick changed his life. So, Rick, welcome back. Thank you, brother. We didn't give you the, the honour and the pleasure of kind of giving you intro in the first episode because we went straight to ayahuasca. But even though we speak incredibly differently, we're actually from very similar places, right next to each other. Uh-huh. So, for everyone watching, who are you, what do you do, and where are you from? So, my name is Rick William. I am a life purpose and business coach. I'm originally from Newcastle. I grew up in, was born in Ashton, and I grew up in the Northeast. And yeah, I built a business in Newcastle uh, until I was about age 25. And then I've been kind of traveling ever since and ended up in Costa Rica where I've been living for the last two years. Yeah. So Rick had a very successful business. Some of the original gym bros that are listening and watching might have heard of Protein Discount Card back in the day. And would you believe, me and Rick spoke about this, the first competition I ever competed in for bodybuilding was actually ran by Rick back in the day. The WFC Pro Body Power, I think it was 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of known of each other or kind of had runnings in, if you like, across mm-hmm. our life. And then for me, I've seen Rick's journey. He's complete transformation, which we're going to touch on. He went from bodybuilding, protein, that whole industry. And he was very successful in that, or you were very successful in that. And then you've completely changed. Now you've got this other area that's very, you're very successful as well, which for me, I think is mega, mega impressive. Obviously, I respect you a lot. That's why I went with you. And and part of my journey with Rick right now is, is the things that he said is to work on myself to make as a better coach. In the past, I've had I've worked with countless coaches. I'm very fortunate in that. But Rick does something very different in that we're looking at what purpose, what emotional intelligence, which is a big buzzword at the minute. Um, but that was an area that I thought I could address that I hadn't before. Mm-hmm. So I'd set financial targets. I looked at the systems. I'd, I'd learned about biceps and calves and all these different things. Mm-hmm. I can write a program for fucking days and I love it. But I wanted to, like we touched on the ayahuasca episode, look at an area where maybe he wasn't as confident based on the feedback I got from the people around us and what I knew myself. And that's where Rick come in. So this is going to be a great one to start. What is emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and how can it help men? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the easiest way to describe what that is. So emotional intelligence in itself is our awareness of our internal emotional world. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. So it begins with awareness. Yep. But really the question is like, why would we want to build our internal awareness? Yes. So that we can become more intelligent in our internal world and relationships. And essentially everything that we do is emotional, is for an emotional reason. So the reason that you want to go to the gym, that's for an emotional payoff. Mm-hmm. The reason that you want to have deeper relationships or even any relationship, is an emotional experience. So moment to moment, we're experiencing ourselves and we're interp- interpreting that information, which is setting off certain emotions. And we'll have different emotional values, right? And we have a different emotional values which we've gone through. So this is something that I learned from Rick. So I'm gonna, in fact, I'm gonna try and give you the six. See if I'm right. So these are the human needs. So the and human then, needs, emotional values, emotional values and human needs. Yeah. But I think for the for, for everyone listening and watching, I think it's it's useful sometimes to know why you make decisions. And this mm-hmm. links in perfectly to what Rick's saying. And I've been actually trying to teach us this specifically and Connor who work with me lately. So we've got variety or kind of uncertainty mm-hmm. is, is one of the needs. And we've got uh, equally the opposite to that, which is safety or certainty. Mm-hmm. 
significance, mm-hmm. growth, mm-hmm. contribution, mm-hmm. and the last one, don't tell us. <sighs> Got to be a good student here. Begins with L. Love, presence, connected, love and connection. connection, love and connection. So that's the six. Mm-hmm. So talk to a little bit about those six first, because I think that links in nicely to this. So talk to her, like kind of a little bit about how they link in. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's there's two key comp- well, there's many components when we're actually building greater emotional intelligence or greater emotional awareness. So the first thing is awareness, because with awareness we can create choice. Yeah, awareness proceeds choice. Yes, and we would say in life the people that have the most choices have the most freedom. Yeah. The more choice you have, the more freedom you have. So one way of getting a, a greater grasp of that is looking at these six human needs. And we all have these human needs. And as Ross said, that was the six. And the order of these needs kind of determine how we respond and act to life. So that's yeah. one thing that we have done in our sessions. We've looked at yeah, those needs. We've looked at that. And we've also looked at like, what are the key emotions that Ross wants to feel and experience? Yes. Now, Ross has two key emotions that if you want to share. Presence and connection. Presence and connection. Yeah. yeah. So Ross's two are presence and connection. And we didn't just pull that out of thin air. Yeah. We kind of went through a regression exercise where Ross went back through all his memories. Mm-hmm. We pulled up the most powerful memories that were Ross's. Yeah. And we determined what Ross was actually feeling in each of those. And we managed to whittle it down and connect the patterns between them all. Yeah. And that had us finalize that they were the kind of key components that you wanted to experience. And variety was a big one for me as well. Yeah. Which again, if you look at this and why I think this is really powerful for everyone to learn and something completely new, Rick Tors it, it really makes you realize what decisions make you happy mm-hmm. and what decisions don't. And when you feel like you're living your life, living your purpose and kind of, it's all, this is all about understanding. And I think for me, like realizing that like, actually, yes, I value variety. That's why right now I'm traveling. I'm going to a different country every month. That's why my favorite food is sushi because you get to pick so many different things. Mm. But at the same time, I love doing that with my friends, which is connection. I love having those moments where I've trained, I've journaled, I've done something good for the day, I've meditated. And then that enables us to have a greater level of presence because I can relax. And funny enough, like we mentioned in the previous episode, go all in and let go. Mm. So it all links in. And for like, again, some people might really value safety or they might really value uh, the significance. If you value significance, you might find that you maybe looking at followers or looking at there's there's loads of different ways of, of categorizing each one but understanding what you value and why mm-hmm. helps you make better decisions moving forward and then it removes the the confusion or the inner turmoil mm-hmm. living a life like out, out of line if you like mm-hmm. what would be your tips rick for, for emotional intelligence and just to kind of summarize on that one just to like what would be your, what what can people do right now to kind of improve it or be more aware of it mm-hmm. There's a few different things that you could do to, to build emotional intelligence or emotional awareness. Obviously, the first one is something that you speak about a lot, which is meditation. Yeah. Because what, what are we doing there? Well, we're closing our eyes and we're bringing our attention inward. Yeah. And as you bring your attention inward, you begin to create more gaps of time so you can become more aware. Journaling would be another way. So like actually journaling your thoughts, your experience. In the process of that, you're going to become more aware. Another way, which I actually recommend a lot of my clients to do, is actually to read and watch more fiction. Mm. Because you begin to see the patterns of like what works and what doesn't in relationships. So really all stories are teachings. Mm. And a good story is a good teaching. Mm-hmm. And it says something that's really linked to human life. Like if we look at the hero's journey, which I know is something that you spoke yeah. of, 
I think one of your favorite stories, which you mentioned, you saw the day before you came, was, yes. was on that, right? Yeah, the, exactly. Was it after the prodigal son running King Arthur? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, watching more things that are fictional, reading fictional books, is another thing that's been proven to increase emotional intelligence, emotional awareness. Yeah. Um, so they would be like three kind of really easy things, um, but beyond that, it's it's really like the more we become aware of our internal world whether that's through hiring a coach, a therapist, drinking plant medicine, doing breath work, that's like the inner work. The outer work is creating the business. The outer work is going to the gym. The outer work is doing it. So you kind of want to have a balance in your life of like external work, yeah. internal work. Yeah. And when that balance is right, it, it creates more harmony in your life. It's like, as we rise up in life, if we haven't done any emotional work, things are going to happen, which are going to knock us down. Yep. And if you haven't built emotional fitness, emotional strength, emotional resiliency, then you're not as well equipped to deal with the challenges of life. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to be a professional you know, athlete or you want to be high in your profession, your career, mm -hmm. you're going to come up against challenges and you're always going to be dealing with people. So if you want to go to the next level in your life, you're going to have to have like, you're going to have to have better relational skills because you're going to have to like, you know, relate with your coach and you're going to have to like, network and you're gonna to have to speak to people and you might have to get on podcasts and all of these types of things that we have to do are relational and yep. like really it's the foundation of living it's the foundation of our experience exactly yeah. and i think when we're you know to, to finish off on that one i think that when we're imagining about who we want to be mm -hmm. whether it's in the gym whether it's in relationships this is a practice that i've done with with my my clients and the, and the lads i work with is that think about what ultimate goals mm -hmm. Could be that we want to have a certain partner, wife, kids. Could be that we want to have a certain number in our business. But with all of those things, with an increased demand in any area, all of your skills have to be upgraded. Mm -hmm. It's not just a case of, if I want to earn X amount of money a month, I'm going to be doing just this at work. What does that person look like? How do they interact with people? How do they have more empathy? What's holding you back? Do they have more understanding of other people? Are there maybe someone who's got a better level of awareness? Are they meditating regularly? What are the things that that person does who you want to be that you don't have mm -hmm. and looking at your emotional intelligence and the gaps in that i think can get a lot of we there mm -hmm. it's very easy to measure something just using that quantifiable data of just you know did you hit a target this month talk about it loads with my clients but there's good hearts law which is when you use one measure to, to assess success it ceases to become an accurate measure mm -hmm. if you're just thinking about the financial goal you're not really looking at the tasks behind it. You're not necessarily looking at the person that you need to be to become it. Mm. And sometimes you might fluke it and one month you hit it. Could be the same with your relationships, could be the same in your personal development, but ultimately we'll have to look at everything and everything's linked. Mm. Brilliant. Right. Can I just quickly add yeah, on to that? Go, on, go, go. So there's the there's two games essentially that we can play in life. There's the outside in game and there's the inside out game. Inner gym, as you've called it before. I the inner gym, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll look so, so like when you are setting external external goals, you might go hit and achieve that goal, but you might feel unfulfilled at the end of it. Yes. That's very common. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say as well. That's brilliant. That's very common. And essentially, you might be missing the target because that goal might not even be aligned with how you want to feel or the way that you got to that goal might not be aligned with how you want to feel. So when you get there, you feel a little bit flat because sometimes you can forget about the process, you forget and enjoy the process of getting there. Intrinsic motivation is not there because you're yeah. not focusing solely on the extrinsic. Yeah. Exactly. And then when you get there, then it might not, it might not like align with how you want to experience life. So if you know that, you know, like for your experiences, love and connection and presence, yeah. 
is two of the ways that you enjoy and want to experience life. Yeah. You can then bring that, like, how can you can then ask the question, like, how can I bring more love and connection to this goal? Yeah. And how can I bring more presence to this goal? So your intention begins to change. Yes. So that when you go into whatever it is, activity with other gym for you, yeah. for example, how can you bring more presence into your workout? How can you bring more connection maybe to the lads that you're working yeah. with at the gym? And you can change the experience with your intention because if you're not enjoying it, what's the point of doing it? And you can ask yourself that question every day. That's yeah. why it's good to journal. And I'll be honest, journaling is one of the things that when I'm stressed, I've mentioned this through those times, the first thing that goes for me is probably journaling. I'm very strict on my meditating. But again, what I want to make clear on this podcast when I talk to everyone, everyone has strengths and weaknesses and we have things that we'll lean on and things. I never miss training, I never miss dieting, but sometimes it's like I say, I miss journaling. But by having that intention and knowing it every day, when you then have a stressful situation or something at work, you can then practice that thing. Mm. If you say, right, today I want to practice the intention of I'm going to go all in, I'm going to be present. Someone's talking to you and it's stressful or you just, you know, you maybe it's not showing a lot of empathy, you don't want to listen to what they say, so you're switching off. You might repeat that mantra or that phrase or that affirmation or just the intention to yourself as people say. Mm. And all of a sudden you're like, no, do you know what? Actually, I am going to listen. I'm going to look at them. I'm going to make sure that I'm listening. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to take it in because I want to be someone who practices showing more empathy, mm. who goes all in in each situation, who has more presence. Mm. And it reminds you of that. But if we don't do the inner, if we don't do the inner gym, I remember when you first said that, I loved that when you first said it. If we don't do that, it's like, don't just go into the gym and suddenly start benching 100 kilos. You've got to start somewhere with an empty bar and you get to 16, you get to 100 and you have these milestones along the way. Mm. And eventually you realize that your chest got bigger. Mm. You're no longer trying to get your chest bigger. You are someone who is empathetic. Mm. You're not trying to show empathy. You are the person who is empathetic. Mm. It, it makes a massive difference. The reason I keep saying empathy for me is that that's the one I relate to the most because I know that's something that I really need to work on. Mm. That's a great example. Though. Per perfectly links in. It's almost like we've planned this or we're getting good at it. Uh, Goal setting and purpose. So mm -hmm. talk about there about living a life that's out of purpose. Mm -hmm. But again, I keep going back to stuff I've learned from you because I'm very fortunate to be able to talk to you now. But for me, going big on my goals mm -hmm. and really linking it into what I've coined the term ultimate goals. Mm -hmm. So looking further forward, you've done it with me for, I'm actually going to be 30 soon people, which is fucking scary, I know. But from 30 to 40, so looking really big over the next 10 years for us and going all in, whereas in the past, I'd been looking at, and I'd do this with my clients. I've even looked at that with them. I work a lot in 12-week blocks or in a year. I'm sure all of them do. What's your New Year's resolution? Everyone knows. But what's your 10-year resolution? What's your goal for by the time you're 40? So talk to us about that, Rick. So goal setting and purpose, and why does going big and knowing your real ultimate goal matter? Mm. So let's start with uh, goal setting. And you were speaking there about the time chunks. So... I think especially, you know, if you're listening to this, I know you shared a lot of your audience between age 25 and 45. Yeah. So it's really common for us to think of our life in three year goals, one year goals. It's, it's very like small picture thinking. And when you can actually zoom out and you can start to look at your life from a broader view, it's easier to kind of narrow back in on that and get more precise to where you exactly want to go. Yeah. And that's why we like zoomed out and we look at like, right, where does Ross want to be between age 30 and 40? Mm -hmm. Where does he want to be between age 40 and 50? Yeah. And then reverse engineering from there. And not just based on what he wants to, to, to do, but also what he wants to experience and what he wants to feel in his experiences. Mm -hmm. Because you might think that you want to be the top in a, some type of career or in some type of profession, but if that's not, doesn't actually align with your internal state, yeah. then no matter how many of those goals you hit, you're going to feel unfulfilled because purpose is an emotional state. Yes. 
purpose isn't something that you kind of find or become. It's really an emotional state that manifests itself as different activities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if in life you lose your career, you don't lose your purpose. Yeah. If you lose your relationship, you don't lose your purpose because your purpose is an emotional state. It's something that you feel, share and experience with the world. So, and that is your gift, like living that, embodying that and aligning everything to our internal values, how we want to feel and experience life. That is the purpose and sharing that in a way that helps serve others. Exactly. I think with the goal setting to link this into the gym, because everyone fucking loves the gym and that's probably why you're listening. If imagine it like this, if I said you, you want to build your chest and you've got 12 weeks and you only had 12 weeks and you only looked at the next 12 weeks, mm-hmm. you might have never grown your chest before. Well, the, the instinct and what most people would do is do a chest focus program. But all of a sudden, if we take a step back and this can be on your life, it can be on your goals, you take a step back and you think about, I want to have a bigger chest. I want to be stronger, but I want to do it in the next five years. I want to have that over the longer term. You might suddenly say, whilst training chest is the best goal, and that's the first thing to assess, mm-hmm. what could be underpinning it? Could be that I've got poor scapular attraction. Could be that my upper back isn't strong enough. Might it be that I have a problem with my shoulder or my triceps are weaker. And all of a sudden, because we're allowing ourselves longer, mm-hmm. instead of an, which is essentially an arbitrary goal of 12 weeks anyway, we set goals to create deadlines so that the task expands to fit the time, as they say. Mm-hmm. That's why we use blocks. That's why we use quarters. That's important. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we get distracted by, we must have the goal by the end of this time frame, And that makes us make different decisions if we could step back, like we're trying to do with life, yeah, and say, look, in this case, I want the biggest chest possible. What does that actually require? Mm-hmm. Just like we're saying, it might require better emotional intelligence. It might require that we work on our back. It might require that when we're doing bench, we work on our leg drive. It might require that we change our programming all together and we don't do bench. But if you have that self-awareness and the perspective, like Rick says, to not be small picture, but to step back and look big picture and look broader, mm-hmm. it allows you to make more decisions and understand the process better, mm-hmm. which for me gives you more purpose every day because you know the direction you're headed in is clearer mm-hmm even though it might not be the first thing in front of you. Mm-hmm. It might not be the obvious route, but you know where you're going in the long run, so you can be more calculated, more method, methodolo- method, methodological, method, method, something to do with your method. Something like that. You can have a better method is what I'm saying. And it allows you in the long run to have a much, much better result and enjoy the journey more, both intrinsically in terms of your day-to-day journey mm-hmm. and externally in extrinsic motivation in terms of you have the bigger chest, you have the holiday, mm-hmm. you have the house, the family, the goal. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that's the perfect combination of external goals met, internal goals met. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. I love it. The last one I want to touch on before the legendary quickfire round is, is, I was going to say goal setting again, is about you, a little bit more deeper about you. So I mentioned before, Protein Discount Card was massive, huge business. You then went away, done some awesome adventures, completely changed your life. Mm-hmm. For me, from my point of view, that was one of the things that attracted us to working with you was seeing that you'd done that. Mm-hmm. How how did you do it? And why I'm asking this is that for some men, and what I specifically wrote is, what advice would you give to men looking to make the same change today, whether it's the relationships, the career, or in themselves? How do you have that? I don't think anyone would have predicted when you were 23, 24, running protein discount card and you were body power, mm. 230 pounds massive that you'll be doing what you're doing now, living in Costa Rica, mm. doing this kind of coaching. Mm. So for the men listening, it might be a smaller change, it might be an equal change. Mm. Where did the start? What did they do? What's your advice based on your journey? Okay. So just a, a quick snapshot of my journey. So like I was running a business in the fitness industry. Yeah. Up until I was about age 24, 25. And I'd reached a point in my life where 
I had hit a lot of the physical goals that I was looking for, those external goals. You know, I created success in my business. I created success in you know the gym and my training. Yeah. And I knew there was something deeper going on. And I knew that I wanted deeper connection in my relationships. And I knew that I felt like my life has is, is, is meant to be more than this. You know, I, I didn't really just want to be giving people, you know, discounts on their supplements. It wasn't yeah. really that fulfilling for me. And I, and I got to support my family. You know, my, a lot of my family worked in the business. My mom did and my sister did and my brother did. And that was beautiful. I got to contribute in that way. Mm-hmm. But there was something about it internally that I just didn't quite feel right. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of like led me out of that. So I went on a, an, on a big spiritual and internal exp- exploration. And yeah, I just got super deep into like why I'm, why I'm here. And I, you know, followed lots of different coaches and spiritual teachers and, you know, went, you know, drank, you know, uh, ayahuasca in South America and just basically went on this big internal adventure and got to discover a lot more about myself. And as I did that, as I, as I dug, dug deeper, I discovered what I actually wanted to do because a lot of the things that I was doing in life were to impress other people unconsciously. Mm. And it was beautiful because I got to learn from that. That was like my hero's journey. You know, I went out yes. into the world, I conquered what I tried to conquer. But then as you complete a hero's journey, a new one begins. Yeah. And my new one that was beginning was different. And I knew that. And the second part of your question was, what advice would you have? So, so just to give a bit of background, this was you are 25 uh-huh. and you finished one business and you kind of very, you embodied what a lot of people I think why this is so important for me to tell the story is that sometimes people feel like they're fixed on one path. Mm-hmm. You've been a mechanic for 10 years. You've been, I've been in the fitness industry for 10 years, over mm-hmm. 10 years now. Mm-hmm. You are very, had a lot of success. People might say it's easier to walk away when you've had success, but I think actually that it's harder because you've kind of already proved in one area that you were very successful. Mm-hmm. You had the money and you had the income in that area. You had a very easy life in some respects, mm-hmm. although you worked very, very hard, no doubt. But you then decide like, look, I'm, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I left my gym, everyone was like, well, you're leaving, you're leaving a, a steady salary. You've got it all made. You've got the house, you've got the whatever. But it wasn't what I really wanted, although that was a smaller change into going online. But you went from that at 25, and now you're 33, 34 in May. May, yeah. Got it right this time. But you're now at that point, and you've, you've kind of changed so much. And I think for some men, it could be a relationship. Mm-hmm. Could be with that one. And I'm not saying break up with your wife tomorrow, people. But what I'm saying is, is that if you really deeply know you're not happy with something, it could be your career, it could be a relationship, or it could just be in yourself. Mm-hmm. It could be a quality. It's not too late. Mm-hmm. And you can do it. So what well, what think, steps would you give or what advice would you give just yeah. to get started? And then they'll find it for themselves, I guess. But what would you say? Well, I think the the beauty of the gym, and a lot of, the, a lot of everyone who's listening is going to relate to this, is like once you've proven that you can do something, like go to the gym and transform your body. Yeah. You can also then apply those same methods to different areas of your life. So I wanted to, you know, I grew in the dream, gym, I grew in business, yeah. and then I wanted to improve my emotional world. I wanted to improve the meaning and purpose and depth in my life. Yeah. And in order to create more depth, you've got to go inward. Yeah. It's as simple as that. If you want to create more external success, you do stuff in the external world. If you want to create more depth, you do it in the internal world. And I wanted the bigger life. I knew there was something out there yeah. and I had faith and belief in myself that I could do that. I sensed it. And then I just applied the same method of thinking. Like I love growth. So if, if you know, if you're into this, you're into this podcast, of course you love growth, but we can apply those same methods to different areas of our life, whether it be our relationships, 
whether it be our you know, money and finances, whether it be our purpose and our meaning. And then we just look to transform and grow those mm. just as you would transform your body. So if like, if you've proven to yourself, you can do this in one area of life, there is no doubt that you could find a coach, you know, and if you've done one of Ross's programs, you know, you find someone who's walked the path before. Yeah. And they will tell you how to walk the path. That's, that's what a exactly mentor you. That's exactly why I come to you, the same thing. I think that it's, it's really, really important yeah, to realize that certainly from mine and Rick's point of view, we're coaches, we love helping people. That's our purpose. I want to change people's lives. I love the idea that one day I'm on my deathbed, but I can kind of think of like all the people's lives that I've changed, the people's lives that I've added purpose, so I've changed it. And it starts with the gym. Mm -hmm. Rick's now starts with the emotional coach and everything that he does. And he's this purpose stuff. And that's massive. But we're all using different vehicles to get mm -hmm. those emotional needs and the wants and desires that we have. Yeah. And for me, in the easiest way for most men, blokes, lads, bros listening to the podcast, the easiest way to get that into them and the vehicle that I use, as we say, is the gym. Mm -hmm. And those small changes that we make in the gym and the progressive overload that we apply in terms of logging my workouts, being honest with yourself, in the gym, you don't write down a different number when you complete your bench press. You write down what you actually did. Mm -hmm. But some of us go through life writing down different numbers on a relationship or write down different numbers in our career and we mm -hmm. tell ourselves that we're happy with something or tell ourselves that we're achieving one thing and really we know that we've done more, that we should be doing more. Mm -hmm. So we've got to take stock and then move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautifully shared. That's great. Last one. Uh -huh. It's been an honor. Oh, I'd love it, man. Right. Eight questions. Okay. First four are different. I'm going to keep them here so you can't see them. Last four are always the same for every guest. Uh -huh. I want you to go with... The first four is going to be pretty fast. Yeah. The last four you can take your little breathing moment like you do. Yeah. Rick's the most present bloke I've ever met in my life. You know, if you ask him, he's the best person I've ever met at really getting your attention when he has a deep answer because he takes a legitimate pause and I'm kind of like on the edge of my seat ready to listen. <laughs> You'll, he's going to do it in a second on some of these questions because the hard I can tell and the listeners will know what, what's coming. So the quick fire. So we'll, we'll start nice and easy mm -hmm. and then like I say, the last four is a little bit more difficult. Nice. Ready? Mm -hmm. So first one, train or meditate? Oof. Oh, that's a hard one. I've got to pick one? Yeah, you've got to go one of them. Oh, meditate. Okay. And you do some work with mace clubs, right? At the mm -hmm. minute? Yeah, yeah, some different stuff. Uh -huh. Well, you see, I could apply, I could cheat with that one because I could just use my workout as a meditation. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But if you could only do one, so you can't physically work out uh -huh. or you can sit down and get really present and meditate, which one would it be? Oh, what comes man. in your head first? Oh, I couldn't not meditate. Meditate? Uh -huh. Okay. These, because I know you much, I know you really well now. I feel I do. These ones are quite specific. So, talk or listen. Listen. Yeah. Read or watch. Watch. Last of the easy ones. Easier. Teach or learn. Oh man. Oh. All of these are both, but you can't be a teacher if you don't learn well that's the thing though what do, but what do you prefer what does your heart like, I mean what would you say oh, I love, to like, get the most energy from fires, but, but I'd have nothing to teach if I can't learn well that's the that's the the, the debate well, that we'll have yeah, or the problem that we'll have well then I, then I would have to learn in order to be able to teach in my next I told you we are going to get some deep fucking answers he's just ripped <laughs> that one apart hasn't he he's questioned the questions that I'm asking <laughs> brilliant so we'll go we'll learn okay. right and then the last four so you can have a little bit longer thing on these ones. Okay. You can go more detail if you like. Uh -huh. What is the worst place you have ever visited? Ooh, worst place I've ever visited. I think it was, uh, there was some really rough parts of LA mm -hmm. that I've been to. It was just grim. And I think that the thing about LA 
is like you're seeing so much affluence and so much poverty on the streets. Like I've never seen and felt so much pain walking around the streets, just seeing the amount of homeless people and just mental illness and just that whole world. I think, yeah, I think the worst place I've been is actually LA. And the other side of that is what is the next question? What is the best place you've ever been? The best place I've ever been. It's gotta be Costa Rica. Costa Rica, one place in particular in Costa Rica? Or the whole country? Oh, there's, there's so much here and there's so many different climates and things that you can do. But it's like, if, if the world or if Earth created a spot where just like there was the most harmony and balance in terms of nature, it's here. Like everything is here. Yeah. All of the microfauna, all of the trees, animals, plants, marine life. The people here are amazing. It's beautiful. It's, it's really green. It's, really, it's the it's most a, green place I've ever been in my life. Yeah. It's so green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next two, the last two, the toughest two, I think. What is the worst mm -hmm. piece of advice you have ever been given? Ooh. Could be a quote, I'll buy a little bit of time here. Could be a quote, could be a saying, could be something that you hear repeated. Mm. Ideally, it's something that's been said to you. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. Failure is not an option. Mm. Because I think failure is the only option. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's a great answer. Go on, go on a little bit more on that then. So, well, the only way that you get better in the gym is through failure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's the, it's the paradox of the, the other side of that. And it's like, the only way I've got better in business is through failing. The only way I've got better in relationships is through lots of bad relationships and mistakes. Yeah. The only way I got better in business was through making mistakes. So like, it's the opposite is true, you know? We, and, 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 and that the other idea ends up into this like kind of perfectionist loop where you don't do anything unless it's bang on because the idea of failing is a failure but actually and one of the things you've taught me sorry is that you know we all have strengths in some areas and we lean on those and it's almost like and if everyone thinks about this now there's probably one area where you're happy to have failure mm -hmm. which like we're saying for all of us for sure it's the gym mm -hmm. but then why aren't we willing to take the same risk in relationships mm -hmm. or in our career because surely you've seen so much think how much you've grown in the gym from the start from when you started benching mm -hmm. or squatting or in your physique to now and that's where everything changes so like when we can see that the pain that we feel helps us grow. Yes. It changes the paradigm. And as soon as you can realize that the triggers that you experience in life are actually here to help you grow as a human being, every single relationship in your life changes because every single relationship then becomes a moment for you to grow and learn and expand as a human being. And when that shit changes, everything changes. Cut that, that's the quote. We'll use that for advertising all day. That's great. <laughs> right. The last one. Yeah. Hardest one, I think. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oof, best piece of advice I've been given. Hmm. Hmm. So many of them, they're gonna sound like a cliche. You get the chance to explain it after though. Uh -huh. Just go what you think, go what your good is. What is the best advice? What's the best advice I've been given? He's excellent at buying time, isn't he? He's got a very good, like the, the best focused face. It's just it's because I like I take the I take the question seriously. So oh, there's so much good advice I've been given. Can't pick one. Mm. 
It doesn't necessarily okay. have to be for other people. Okay. No, so, no, no, so don't no. think of it because I know you're a teacher for sure yeah. and you want to pass on good good knowledge to everyone and wisdom, but I think uh-huh. more just for yourself, it's something that you truly deeply believe. Mm. The secret to life is given. Mm. The secret to living is given. Go on then, a little bit more. Because no matter where no matter where you are in your life, as soon as you turn your attention to being able to help someone else, yeah. whether that be like I'm really struggling in this experience or this relationship or this job, but I'm doing it so that I can help support others. Mm-hmm. There's just so much more motivation there. It's like, that's the reason that accountability in groups works is because when we can expand outside of ourselves, there's just so much in that. You know, I think a lot of the problems in our life exist because we're so isolated. And I think these times with CBID have shown us more than that more than anything, you know, that's yeah. why depression, suicide, and all of these things gone up. But as soon as I can switch my focus to like, actually, I'm doing this internal work, which is challenging, so I can show up better in my relationships, so I can show up better in my team for others, yeah. so I can show up better for my children or future children. Like, my ability to motivate myself increases by 10x easily. It gives you a higher purpose. It gives you a higher purpose. Which is what we're all searching for. Which is what we're all searching for. And yet we're often searching for it in myself and really if we look externally and looked at what we really wanted or what we really were trying to do in yeah. terms of contribution and growth. Yeah. Like I mentioned, being on my deathbed and help, having helped more people. Exactly. Because that's what you're going to think about. Exactly. You're not going to think about how much money did you have in the bank or all of these types of things. You're going to think what impact did I leave on the lives of others. And I think when we can leave an impact on the lives of others, and it doesn't even matter where you are in your journey because you could have next to nothing, but there's someone else that you could turn around who's a few steps behind you and give them a hand up and instantly you're going to feel better and you're going to help make that person feel a little bit better. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, before we end, I want to thank you. Um, I've had a fantastic time. Go back and listen to IRS episode if you haven't yet, people. Um, but start to finish and certainly my time working with you so far and having you as a coach. I feel like I've changed a lot. Thank and, you, man. Uh, thank I, just you. Want, I just want to make a big point that Whenever I'm working with someone, I'm not naive enough to think that I'm just teaching them. So I want to thank you for all the lessons I've imparted from working with you for the last few months and just being around you, like how you show up in life for for yourself, for your relationships, the care you have for your friends, the care you have for all your clients. It's it's uh, it's left it's touched me as well. I've learned from that. So thank you. Awesome. I'll be putting all the links to Rick, his website, his work, his Instagram, of course. You can just search uh, I am Rick William on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll be linking all that afterwards. Thank you for listening. Hit like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Beautiful, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Aesthetically Trained, the podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and spread the word.